Well, good evening. We're glad that you could join with us on this Sunday night. We had a good drive-in crowd this morning, a great service. We've already baptized one today. We're still having folks saved around here. God's been good to our church, and so we're thankful for that. We are practicing social distancing. We have just a handful of folks in here to sing, but they're all sitting uh, spread apart like they're supposed to be. And God has been good to us, and it won't be long. We're going to be back together in our auditorium. We're looking forward to that. But at this time, we're going to ask the Collins girls to come and sing us all.
Christ would come and a race he would run. It would end on an old rugged cross. But when they laid him in that tomb, the power of the Lord went in that room. And now he reigns forevermore. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. By His stripes we are healed, by His blood we are sealed. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb of God. home with him to stay where his glory forever we will share and when that first trumpet sounds we will all be glory bound up there we'll live forevermore oh hallelujah to the lamb hallelujah to the lamb upon a tree by his stripes we are healed by his blood we are sealed oh hallelujah to the lamb of god by his stripes we are healed by his blood we are sealed oh hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Amen. That's good. Glory land is not so far away and we'll reach it some glad day. Heaven's Yeah. 
the Bonham family, we're so glad that they've come and used their talents and played those instruments for the Lord. And Sister Vicki is going to come now and sing one for us. So we're thankful to have many people in our church that are able to sing and good singers that do a great job. Amen. In the dark of the midnight, I have oft hid my face. While the storms howled above me, there's no hiding place. With the crash of the thunder, Precious Lord, hear my cry, keep me safe till the storm passes by. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more. Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Many times Satan tells me there is no need to try, for there's no end of sorrow, no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storms never darken the sky. Till the storm passes over, Till the thunder sounds no more, Till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe. Till the storm passes by. When the long night has ended and the storm's there no more, let me stand in thy presence on that bright peaceful shore. In the land where the tempest never comes, Lord, may I dwell with thee when the storm passes by. 
Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. What a timely song that that is. Amen. That's good. Thankful for each of those songs this evening. We'll be in the book of Judges, so if you'd like to take your Bible and turn with me to Judges chapter number 16. The book of Judges, Judges chapter 16. And in Judges 16 is the life of Samson. As a matter of fact, Samson's entire life is covered in four chapters. And everybody's heard of Samson. He's one of the great figures in the Bible. But he's found in Judges 13, 14, 15, and 16. Chapter 13 tells about his miraculous birth. And then in 14, it begins his ministry as a judge of the nation of Israel. As a matter of fact, each of these judges are called deliverers. I personally believe that the theme of the book of Judges is a del about deliverers and deliverance. And you'll see that about more times than any other word throughout the book of Judges. Well, in Judges chapter 16, we're winding down the end of uh, Samson's time. As a matter of fact, when you get the end of chapter 15 and verse 20... It says, and he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines 20 years. It's almost like it was over then. And Samson did a lot of bad things in his lifetime. And you get reading here, and it shows in chapter 16 how his life ends. And he meets a lady named Delilah. Delilah. And Judges chapter 16. That's a Hebrew word, and in America today it would be Nancy. Something like that, amen. All right, Judges chapter 16, verse 18. She's a wicked woman. Verse 18, And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. How about that? She began to afflict him. She started beating on him and hitting on him. Isn't that amazing? A woman's whipping Samson. Verse 20. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. He thought, I'll get up and go out and fight like I always did. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Samson was a man that was chosen by God. And he was a Nazarite. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he was a Nazarite from his birth. And he was separated from his birth. God had special plans for this man. He had the power of God on his life. I've never read in Scripture where the Spirit of God came upon anybody more times than it did Samson. At least four times we specifically read where the power of God came on Samson. One time a young lion 
came up against him. And the Bible says that Samson tore that lion in two like he would a kid, like a goat. I mean, that lion was like a goat to him. And then the Bible went on and said he had nothing in his hand either. Samson didn't need a weapon. All he had, he had his strength when the power of God came upon him. I'm going to say this. If you can destroy a lion and rip it in two, you're, you're powerful. You say, well, it was a young lion. I'm not messing with a young lion. <laughs> didn't make any difference to me. Another time I read where he slew 30 men just to steal their clothes and to give them to pay a bet that he had. Another time we read where Samson caught 300 foxes and tied them by the tail together and then put a firebrand in between their tails and lit them on fire and they burned up the fields of the Philistines. I've heard people say, they say, well, it probably took him a long time to get all those uh, together and, you know, it probably been hard. It didn't say it took him a long time. I believe he went out and got them. And he grabbed a hold of those uh, foxes and he tied their tails together. And man, that, you imagine taking two foxes and grabbing them by the tails and tying them together? They'd eat you alive if you tried something like that. They didn't Samson. The Spirit of God came on Samson. Another time he killed a thousand men at one time with the jawbone of a donkey. Man, that's amazing. He picked up a jawbone of a donkey and slew them, the Bible says. I mean, whipped every one of them. Didn't just whip them, he killed them, the Scripture says. A thousand men. Rambo couldn't do that. A thousand against one. And he won. Samson, another time he picked up the gates of Gaza in his lifetime. And he carried them on his shoulders to Hebron, which was 40 miles away. And Hebron was not just 40 miles away. It was 3,200 feet in elevation as well. And they found some of the uh, city gates to Ashkelon or one of these other Philistine cities. Uh, in archaeological dig-ups, and they weighed two tons. Can you imagine that? And Gaza was the capital, which would have been a larger city than that city. And he carried them on his shoulders uphill for 40 miles. That's amazing. A normal man couldn't do that. You see those strong men on the world's strongest men, and they're pulling airplanes and things like that put two tons on your shoulders and go up the mountain 3200 feet elevation for 40 miles and let's see how you do they wouldn't make it however samson you read about his life he lived a life of lustfulness and a life of sin if samson's life would have ended in verse 21 where i read it would have been a sad story it'd been a wasted life a terrible life Here's Samson, one of the main characters in your Bible. And if you read through verse 21, he's got a wasted life. Nothing to show for it. What a terrible thing. He ends up grinding and binding and blinding in the prison house. Samson probably had more potential and did less with it than anybody else in the Scriptures. He had great potential. You can probably think of somebody in your mind right now that has great potential. I mean, they look like they're the person, if they got right with God and got in church and did right, man, God could use them. But yet they don't do anything with it. Samson had a wasted life. But the problem was, there was one more verse. And the verse is in verse 22. It says, how be it, that means in spite of, in spite of Samson's mistakes and his shortcomings, the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. That's amazing. Samson's hair began to grow again. Some of you that are listening this evening, you might be sitting out there, and if you don't do something, you're going to die a failure in the eyes of God. You're going to be just like Samson was. 
And there he was, looked like he's going to be a failure, a wasted life. Won't you do something for him? Won't you let your hair get back growing? If you've had a, a, a haircut in the devil's barber shop, the devil's shaving you clean, won't you let your hair grow back? See what God might do. God can do some things for you. There's about three things I want to say about Samson when his hair began to grow. And the first thing I'd like to say is this. Samson became a man of prayer. He became a man of prayer. Did you know in Samson's 20 years of ministry that we read about, only two times you read about where he prayed. Here's a man that's supposed to be a great man of God. God chose him out of all the people of Israel during his generation to be the deliverer, to be the judge during that time. And you only read where he prayed two times. The first time was a selfish prayer. He prayed back there in chapter 15. And when he got praying, he got praying after he whipped those Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey and he killed a thousand of them. And then he got so thirsty because he'd, he'd worked so hard whipping them all. And man, here he was and he was as thirsty as he could be. And you get reading about it. And he prayed to God. And he said, now I die for thirst. What he said was, don't let me die out here. I'm about to die. I'm so thirsty. I can't even move now. And the Bible says God answered his prayer. And out of the end of that jawbone of the donkey, water came flowing out of it. And Samson drank of the water. And the Bible says he was revived. He got revived over it. Some of you need to get a drink of that water and get revived. Then a second time, in Judges chapter 16, the end of it here, even past where we were reading, we read where Samson prays, but it's not a selfish prayer this time. It's a sacrificial prayer. See, God had gotten a hold of Samson. And Samson begins to pray, and he says, let me die. The first time he said, don't let me die. Now he's at the end of his life, and he says, Lord, let me die. Let me die. And Samson did. He died and killed a whole lot of people with him. Took a lot of people with him. Let me just say there's only two times he prayed. What a terrible thing. Don't you wait until the end of your life to develop a prayer life. Don't you wait until it's too late to start praying. We need people that will pray. When I read about what Samson said, I read about him in verse 28, and he said this, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, he said, Remember me. Remember me. Samson felt he'd been forgotten by God. He was out there in the prison house, and they plucked his eyes out. He was in a terrible situation. But he said, Lord, would you remember me this one time? Lord, would you remember me? I read about other people that say, Lord, remember me. One time Hannah was over there in 1 Samuel, and she said, Lord, remember me. And God did remember, and he opened up her womb, and she was able to have a child. I read about a thief one time that was hanging beside our Savior, and the last, he waited to the end of his life to start praying. And he said, Lord, remember me when thou comest in thy kingdom. And guess what? The Lord did remember him. And he saved his soul, and that's a wonderful thing. But here's Samson at the end of his life. He says, Lord, don't forget me now. Lord, please remember me. He's no different than the prodigal in the pig pen. The same situation. That prodigal back there went out because he knew everything. He was the younger of the two. And he said, Daddy, I want to take my living and go. Because he knew more because he was probably a teenager. And he was smarter than his daddy. And he went out and he wasted his substance with riotous living. It was a wasted life. And the Bible says when he spent all that he had, that he came unto himself. Well, here was Samson's moment where he came to himself. And he prayed to God. And he said, Lord, remember me. And God did remember him. And God used him. God can still use you too. 
what you ought to do is pray and ask God to remember you. Tell God you're still here and that you want to be used. God doesn't need a bunch of superstars. What he needs is a bunch of servants. We need servants today that will serve him. I'm afraid in our nation today we've gotten rid of prayer and we don't see people praying anymore. And we, the, the, they go out to eat. Go out to eat. You say, well, I can't go out to eat. That's right, they're closed down, aren't they? You go out to eat though when they, before and nobody bowed their hair, head and prayed. Nobody prayed except for just a handful of people. I wonder when the Lord gives us another chance and they open up the restaurants, I wonder if people's learned a lesson. Maybe we'll remember to bow our head and thank God for our daily provision and thank God for the good things that He's done for us. We need to get back to praying is what we need. Then he also prayed in verse 28 and he said, Strengthen me and strengthen me, I pray thee. He says, only this once, just one time, one more time. Give me strength. Samson was at the weakest point in his life. I personally don't believe that Samson was a big, strong-looking, muscular man. If he was, they wouldn't have always said, well, we wonder where he gets his strength at. Because they were like, how's he doing what he's doing? I don't think he looked any differently than anybody else. The reason he was able to do what he did is because God's power came on him. But when he said strengthen me, he was at the weakest point of his life. A man known for strength was being led around by a child, the Bible says. Like he was on a little leash and the child was having to lead him around and make sure that he didn't fall and hurt himself. That was pretty humiliating for a man like Samson. But Samson recognized something. He recognized that strength came from God. See, that's something we need to remember. As America, we're a strong and mighty nation. But God's brought us down to our knees too. We've forgotten that our strength it's not in the almighty dollar, but our strength is in the almighty God. And if we want to be right with God, we've got to get our strength from Him. You want to get strength, you get it from Him. The strongest nation there's ever been, and here we are, and we look weak now. You, don't, you say, well, who, who caused it? I'll tell you who caused it. It's people that's gone against God. Our nation's turned against Him. What we need is strength today. Samson knew his strength came from God. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. He's the one that gives us strength. Some of you ought to pray for God to strengthen you back again. We need some preachers that are weak today because they don't have God's power on them. They forgot. They think that they're good orators and they're good speakers and they've got great educations and they understand philosophy and all those kind of things, but they don't have the power of God on their ministry. They're weak without the Lord. Sunday school teachers that get up and teach because they think that they got knowledge and that sort of thing. And knowledge is good, but without the power of God, it's not worth anything. Christians have become weak. Weak Christians, they're folding like a cheap suit this day and time. It's a mess is what it is. Christians are being persecuted too. That crazy mayor down there in Greenville, Mississippi, I'm glad the Department of Justice told him he better back off. He got a little nervous over that. He should be nervous. But we need some Christians that will stand up and do what's right is what we need. I'm telling you, Samson became a man of prayer when his hair began to grow. Not only that, number two, Samson avenged his enemies. He said down there in verse number 28, he said, And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, look at this, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. He said, I want vengeance is what I want. Let me get them, Lord. 
They've been cruel to me and mean to me. By the way, these weren't just Samson's enemies. The Philistines were Israel's enemies. And let me just say this, if a person's Israel's enemies, they're God's enemies. Because God stands for Israel. And if they're Israel's enemies and God's enemies, they ought to be our enemies as well. The Bible said in, in Judges 13, 5, the last part of the verse, and it says, And he shall begin to deliver Israel, speaking of Samson, out of the hand of the Philistines. That's why God had his ministry as a special ministry to get him out of the hands of the Philistines, out of those people, and away from them. Samson's enemies had destroyed his life. He was no longer God's deliverer. But now he was grinding in the prison house. That's what Samson was doing. Things had changed. You know, we have an enemy today too, and it's not the Philistines. It's the devil. And he's real. And he wants to destroy our lives is what he wants to do. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy me, my family, your family, churches, countries. Anything he can do, that's what he wants to do. He'd like to hurt you. He'd like to torture you. I mean, he hates things. There's no doubt in my mind the devil hates Gethsemane Baptist Church. So we all must think you are something. We don't think we're something. We just believe we're standing for the truth, and the devil hates any church that stands for the truth. If your church stands for the truth, he hates your church too. That's just the way the devil is. He doesn't want anybody that's standing for the truth. I believe he hates a lot of pastors out there. Those good King James Bible-believing pastors. He don't like you. You can mark that down. He don't like churches that are soul-winning. He don't like people standing for the Bible. He doesn't like a country that claims to be a Christian nation. He doesn't like a nation like that. I'm going to tell you, the devil's against you. He's real. He wants to hurt you and torture you. He wants to remove you from God's will in your life and get you out of it. The devil would like to get us sidetracked. I think in America, we've been sidetracked for quite a while. He was grinding, we're grinding. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants to get you grinding is what he wants. Too busy to serve God. Boy, if the devil can get you too busy, that's what the devil would like. He wants everybody too busy. In America, we've been so busy, people can't even come to church. They schedule everything on Sundays, and Christians allow it. They say, we want to come to church, but we've got a ball game. We want to come to church, but we got to, we want to come to church. But, 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 the buts are over. God's already stopped that. He's canceled your ball games. He's canceled your events. He's canceled your work trips. He's canceled your flights. He's canceled it all. It's time for America to realize we need to be in church today. It's time to get back in church. Well, they're grinding is what they've been doing. Too busy to serve God. You can't have a revival if you're too busy to serve the Lord and putting things ahead of God. He wants us bound in sin. If he can get you to try it one time, he can get you. That's how the devil is. He wants you consumed with sin. He wants your life to be about sin. He wants you to be all you can think about. They say, well... He's just got that old monkey on his back. That's what they say, you know. He can't get it off. I'll tell you how you can get it off. Come to God. That's how you get it off. Get right with the Lord. And see if the Lord can't help you. Because he can. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it'll cost you more than you want to pay. You mark it down. That's what sin will do to you. You can get bound in sin. Samson did. And he also, the devil, wants you to be spiritually blinded. He blinded Samson in the Bible. They blinded him. They plucked his eyes out. What a terrible thing. The devil wants you spiritually blinded. He doesn't want it where you can see spiritual truths. People stop going to church, stop reading their Bible, spiritual things. 
The devil doesn't like that. We got a lot of people spiritually blinded. It's a terrible thing. It's, it's awful. And we're living in a time where there's a lot of churches and preachers that are spiritually blinded. They don't know much about the Word of God. They tell me, I never listened to it, but I didn't listen to a radio message in five years, probably, of anybody. I don't listen to the radio. don't have time. I don't drive to church or walk to church. I live by the church. They tell me there's a guy, uh, a, a, a water dog after me on the radio, and, and uh, anyway, he was saying, if he tells you this, that preacher that's got the Bible in his too, you little tell me, I'll come while he's trying to explain it. Well, he's too stupid to do anything. And I don't like to be smart, but he's so spiritually blinded, he wouldn't stand a chance. And he wouldn't come. He could come from my church next week. We'll debate uh, next week if he wants to. But he won't never come. And the reason he won't come is because he can't get a crowd. His thing's all about a crowd. And if he wants my crowd, because he can't get a crowd. And see, that's the kind of mess you're in right now. And you've got people spiritually messed up. He don't even know how to get saved right. He doesn't believe you're saved by salvation, by grace, through faith. He's got all this other stuff. That's the kind of mess we're living in right now. We're living in a mess. You know what I think about people like that? It's about what I do with them. Well, give them the time of day. You say, well, i got more important things to do than a preacher that's got an education but ain't called by God. I'm going to stick with the Word of God. He wants them spiritually blinded is what he wants. Our country has been spiritually blinded. We're in a mess in America right now. We're in a mess. I mean, they think men look, they're okay. It's normal for a man to wear a dress. That's spiritual blindness is what that is. Spiritual blindness. But we're in a mess is what we're in. We've got a problem. So they shut churches down, but they can still have the abortion clinics going. We're spiritually blinded. We've not learned our lesson yet. We've not learned it. Let me say the third thing. Samson restored his testimony. When his hair began to grow, we say that... It, Samson became a man of prayer. It's about time. We see that Samson avenged his enemies. And then finally, we see that Samson restored his testimony. He had lost it with harlots. He lost it with murderers. He lost it with a lady named Delilah and all kinds of bad things. Some of you have a past that's listening this morning. Head that's been shaven with sin. Terrible things. What you ought to do this morning, or this evening rather, you ought to let your hair grow back. You ought to get back in the fight. It doesn't matter what you used to do. What about now? You can make some changes in your life. Once you get things fixed, that's what you need to do. Had the story ended in verse 21, Samson would have died a failure. A failure. But I'm glad verse 22 is in there because Samson didn't die a failure. Samson died a hero. He was a hero of faith. You say, how do you know that? Because Hebrews 11:32, when it gives the report card of heroes of faith in the Old Testament, Samson's mentioned. God mentioned Samson. All the terrible things he did in his life, he ended right. And because he ended right, God said he was a hero. And if God says he's a hero, he's a hero. <laughs> you can mark it down. Man, you think about old Samson dying a hero. There's probably, they probably had Samson action figures, Samson movies, Samson t-shirts, <laughs> you name it. I mean, Samson kids were probably playing and, I want to be Samson, I want to be Samson. I could imagine what all might have been going on. Samson was a hero is what he was. We got heroes today. People that are policemen and firemen and people like they say, they're not heroes. They may not be all the time, but they are when they're called upon. And they are called upon. Military people. It's a shame in our country that people would make 
talk bad politicians talking bad about policemen. I have no use for a politician that's against policemen. I'm not voting for one. I'm against them, and I'll vocally say so. And I'm against a politician that's against our military. We ought to thank God for police and military and firemen, our teachers that do right. Thank God for them. They're important people in society. You better thank God for nurses, doctors, paramedics, CNAs, whatever they might be. We ought to thank God that we've got them. Because they need them right now. We need some heroes though. But we need some heroes for God. Some heroes for God today. Some of you, what y'all do is let your hair grow back. Let it begin to grow. See what God might do. Our kids are looking for heroes to follow. They could follow whatever the world has, or they could follow the right thing. I don't know. We need some people to stand up and fill the gap is what we need. Now, I read about Samson here. When he got his testimony restored, something else interesting happened. He got a proper burial. I think about that burial, and he wouldn't have had that. Had he died in the prison house, he wouldn't have had a proper burial. Imagine that. I mean, if he'd just been leading them around, and they made sport out of him, and they made fun of old Samson, they said, this way, Samson, follow me, Samson, little boy carrying him around. Come this way, Samson. Don't you back talk me, Samson. That little girl over there will slap you, Samson. I mean, could you imagine the mess he was in? What a terrible thing that would have been. I mean, dying that way and being that way. And then eventually he'd gotten old and just died, and he died. They wouldn't have given him a proper burial. They thought he was a terrible, wicked Jew. They hated him. He'd killed a bunch of their people. But instead, God gave him strength one more time. And he, he said, put my hands on the two pillars that hold up the place. All five lords of the five main cities of the Philistines were there. They were up above him. And Samson bared with all of his might. And the power of God came on him. And he pushed those two pillars. And when he did, the building fell. And the Bible says Samson killed more people in his death than he did his entire life. And he killed a bunch in his life. And when that thing fell, Samson said, let me die with my enemies. And that whole building collapsed and fell with a big balcony and fell right on top of him. And then the Bible says that some of his brethren came and got his body and took him back to his homeland where Manoah, his daddy, was buried. And they buried him in the same spot. You know, that was a big deal getting his body, though. They didn't just go over there and say, well, let's go get Samson. They had to dig through rubble to get Samson. The whole building fell on him. Thousands of people dead. That people falling on top of Samson. Building falling on Samson. That was some work. My wife Elizabeth and I, we went to New York City in 2002. We were there in the spring, and we were there on the six-month anniversary of 9-11. The exact day, six months later. And when we were there, they were still pulling people out of that rubble six months afterwards. <laughs> That's something else. If I'm not mistaken, there's more people died right here than did in 9-11. More. That was like 2,000-something maybe. Here's 3,000 or more. My goodness, that's a bunch. They had to dig him out. And Samson died a hero. He died on the battlefield. That's what we need. We need some people that will die on the battlefield. Some of you have been shaving. Let your hair grow back. Let God do something in your life. Don't you want to do something for the Lord? If I was a papa or a mama or a mama or a daddy, I want, I'd want to say, I want, to see my, I want my grandkids to see somebody that dies on the battlefield. I want to let my kids see somebody that dies serving Jesus, not serving whatever. 
at the gambling tables and the casinos and the horse races. I'd rather see somebody, let them see me loving Jesus and dying for him. That would be a whole lot better. I'm telling you, there's no telling what might happen. Your neighbors will take notice. Souls might be saved. No telling what might happen if you let your hair grow back and let the Lord work with you. God's not finished with you yet. He's still got something for each of us. We come out of this coronavirus and we get back in church. I'm going to tell you something. We ought to be here and the building ought to be packed all downstairs, the balcony from wall to wall, and we ought to be in here shouting it out, serving God is what we ought to be doing. Because God's going to give us another chance. What are you going to do with your chance? I hope you use it serving God. I hope you don't go back to the same old, same old. That's probably why we're in the mess right now. Think about that a little bit. Let's bow together for prayer. Father, thank you for all that you do for us. May you bless us. And thank you, Father, that we've been able to come out this evening and have church, even via internet. Lord, I do pray for those that are listening. And Lord, I pray that you might just bless us now as, as uh, there's others out there. Lord, I pray that there's people that feel like they're a failure. Lord, I don't care about their past. I'd just like to see what they could do now. Lord, I pray you do something with them. Lord, may you bless us. We're going to have one more song, and when that song's over, our service will be over. But Lord, I pray you do a, do a work in the hearts of people. Lord, may the testimony of Samson be real in our lives. Lord, may your power come upon Gethsemane Baptist Church. We realize this church has grown. God has used it in this community like no other. It's amazing what he's done. It's a miracle. But Lord, we also realize it's not by what we've done, but by his strength, your strength. And Lord, I pray we'd all understand that. And Lord, I'd like to see us all get in and do right by you. Thank you for all you do for us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name as the bottoms come for one final song. Amen. day when I was thinking on unseen things above, the Savior spoke unto me and filled my heart with love. I'm gonna die on this battlefield. I'm gonna die in this war. I'm gonna die on this battlefield. With glory in my soul I used to know some people Who walked and talked with me But since I've been converted They've turned their backs on me I'm gonna die on this battlefield I'm gonna die in this war I'm gonna die on this battlefield with glory in my soul. Some say give me silver, some say give me gold. I say give me Jesus who saved my dying soul. I'm gonna die on this battlefield. 
die on this battlefield with glory in my soul. I'll take this gospel trumpet and I'll begin to blow. And as long as Jesus helps me, I'll blow it wherever I go. I'm gonna die on this battlefield. I'm gonna die in this war. I'm gonna die on this battlefield. 